Blog Talk Radio. Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell. For today, Sunday, May 31st, it's Mondays and other places of the world, but nonetheless, we are happy that you all have tuned in with us tonight. We thank you so very much um, for joining us. Um, if you have a comment or a question for tonight's um, episode or guest, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that's 914-803-4399. Four three nine nine. I want to remind anyone who's listening by phone to please make sure you um, silence your background if you're going to call in with a question, um, and we'll be happy to get you guys on. I'm just going to turn it over to my sister Denise so that she can greet you guys before we bring our guest on tonight. Good evening, everyone, and once again, welcome to Beauty Talk. We thank you guys for uh, joining us, and we would Definitely love to thank our listeners uh, from around the world who joined us uh, tonight as well as this past week. So we want to shout out our listeners, of course, here in the U.S., as well as our friends over in the U.K. and Canada, as well as Australia and Singapore. So we just thank you guys for continuing to support Beauty Talk. Absolutely. So without further ado, we want to bring our guest. Miss um, Lauren Lee on the line. Welcome to the show, Hi. Lauren. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Now, we know it's Monday where you are, um, and but we're excited to have you on with us today. Let's just jump straight into the conversation. Um, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to us and let us know, because from what I understand, you are an, an attorney. And so uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and let us know how you, you entered the world of beauty. How did all, that all transpire? Sure thing. So, yes, that's right. I was uh, practicing as a lawyer for many years, um, but throughout that time I did have uh, a passion for Korean skincare in particular. Uh, and that really was born out of um, my discovery of Korean skincare 10 years ago when I started part of my law degree um, at university in Seoul in South Korea. Uh, that's when I first discovered K-beauty, the world of K-beauty. And I suppose while working as a lawyer, um, or as you guys call it, an attorney in the, in the States, um, I continued to delve into the world of K-beauty to introduce the products to people that I knew back home in Australia. 
And that sort of led me down a whole different career path, which was exporting Korean skincare and beauty products to Australia, first of all. Um, and then now, obviously, manufacturing uh, my own product for my own brand that is based in South Korea. You know, uh, Lauren, I was going to ask you, where are you from? Because I was like, I know I don't, I don't hear Korea, a Korean accent. I said, it sounds Australian, so, but you answered that question. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm an Australian living in Seoul, South Korea. So, yeah, just for a bit of context, <laughs> I don't have a Korean accent. I do speak Korean. <laughs> Uh, but probably with an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you love about K-Beauty. What, what attracted you? So I think the thing that attracted me firstly was the ingredients that they were using. I remember walking into the first Korean beauty store that I stumbled across and it was completely by accident. And the brand was a brand called Skin Food. And it sounded like something I had heard of before. But as soon as I walked in, I realized I never had. And all of the products had um, food that you can actually eat as the key ingredients in the product. And I just loved that concept because it was really innovative. And the ingredients they were using, some of them were things that I'd never heard of because they were Korean fruits and vegetables. But it was just like a wholesome kind of concept for me and as someone that has really struggled with my skin I guess I was looking for quality ingredients natural ingredients things that you know weren't going to be harmful to put on my face and that's the, the first thing that really stood out and then the more I discovered I realized how innovative everything that they were doing was from the packaging just everything the whole um, concept of these products was just a really different take on skincare than I had been exposed to growing up where you know skincare wasn't something that we really got excited to use it was functional you know if you had acne as a teenager you, you were using anti-acne products because you needed to right it wasn't something that you got excited right. about spent any time thinking about during the day oh what am I going to put on my face tonight it was just like let's just get this over and done with brushing your teeth <laughs> right <laughs> so is, is so, that what you struggled with acne I did I had terrible cystic acne basically all the way through my teenage years so for me skincare like conjured up all kinds of awful you know like thinking about trips to the dermatologist and what kind of cream or medication he was going to prescribe this time and you know, just like it, it did not have very positive connotations for me. It was a chore and something that I wasn't really, you know, thinking about as self-care or something that I looked forward to at all. It's very functional. Right. Right. Talk to us a little bit about, about what's new in K-Beauty. Like, what are some of the trends now in K-Beauty? Sure. So, I mean, look, you can definitely tell when something is a trend here because you will start to see it pop up everywhere. Like once something is hot in Korea, it's just like you cannot escape from it. You can't walk down the street corner without seeing So some of the ingredients that are really popular at the moment are things like Centella Asiatica. So Sika or Tiger's Grass, it's sometimes referred to as. And basically it's an excellent ingredient for skin repair. So if you have any sort of redness, irritation, blemishes and things like that, 
Sika Balm, Sika Cream, that you'll see it every every K Beauty brand seems to have their own Sika line at the moment. So that's something that yeah has been hot for a few years, but that trend is not dying anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you have, you your, have this your, oh, sorry, we're trying to talk at the same time. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask about um, your your retail shop, Style Story. How did that come about? So Style Story was really born out of my hobby or passion, I guess, for Korean skincare. When I came back to Australia nearly 10 years ago after doing a stint um, in Korea, I wanted to keep using these products because they had transformed my skin and I was just obsessed with them. But the problem was I couldn't find them anywhere. Like there was nowhere selling them in Australia. And, you know, I had bought so many of these products back as gifts for my friends and family that they wanted them too. They were like, where can we get more of these? So basically it was a super complicated process back in the day to try and you know, find a place selling them online that would ship to Australia, which is not close to Korea, um, and, you know, had to do the currency conversion, and then we had to wait, like, six to eight weeks for this product to basically come on a ship and land in Australia. So it's just super inconvenient and inefficient. And, you know, I was spilling progressively more and more, and I'm going to use inverted commas, <laughs> like, orders for people, which were really just friends and family that wanted to get their hands on the product. And after a, a period of years doing that, you know, someone sort of suggested to me, why don't you do this as a business? You know, like you are, there are so many people buying these products from you, like it's getting out of control. So I thought, oh, you know, that's, that's crazy. What business do I have selling, you know, Korean skincare? This is just my passion. It's just a hobby. But another year down the track and the list of people that were wanting to buy the product just kept growing and finally I thought to myself maybe there is something in this you know maybe I could just have a little you know store selling these products to people and that's how my business style story originally got started um, it was really just a way and a space to curate products for the people that I love um, who were wanting to mm -hmm. get more of and it just sort of took off and grew from there Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so you, your product line, Subi Beauty, and in particular, you have the um, the pimp. Am I saying it right? The pimple patch. That's right. Perfect pimple patch. Perfect pimple patch. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that story and how, how, first of all, how your brand came about and then talk a little bit about the perfect temple patch. Sure thing. So I guess as I already touched on, I, I did have terrible acne all the way through my teens. And I guess that has been um, a focus for me. I understand the struggle uh, for people who have had acne to find good quality skincare that they can trust and that actually works because there's nothing worse if you have these kind of skin problems. You get really hopeful every time that there's a product, a new product on the market, you know, you want to try it. And when it doesn't work, it's so defeating. It's, you know, it, it can actually be really depressing because you're just like, what is going to work on my skin? 
So having discovered Korean beauty and this new, I guess, philosophy and approach to skincare, that's something that I really wanted to be able to share with other people like me, particularly people that had acne-prone skin, but also just a lot of people that, you know, um, Korean beauty was maybe still inaccessible for. So Subi beauty, uh, Subi actually means defense in Korean. And that's really the brand philosophy is defense for your skin. So products that actually work, that actually boost the skin, protect it, and can heal the skin. And Perfect Pimple Patch is um, a little sticker that's specifically for acne. It's a hydrocolloid, so it's a type of material that has been used in hospitals basically since the 70s. Um, it creates a moist environment to heal a wound and to draw any liquid from a wound and it absorbs it into the patch so that the area can heal very um, hygienically and also with minimal scarring, which anyone that's ever had acne before will know, acne scarring is a huge concern when you have um, you know, pimples with, with pus and liquid and things like that in them. So that's what this product is right. designed to treat and heals the skin, reduces inflammation, it resists the urge to pick because you've got this tiny little sticker on it that actually acts as a barrier. So, you know, you, you're not tempted to pop your pimple, which can create more scarring. That's what this product is. Right. And what kind of feedback are you getting um, in regards to the product? Well, I think the feedback so far has been pretty amazing. People are sort of saying, you know, is there, can, can we get it in a bigger size? Like, can you make one for my whole face? You know, people that like me, this kind of thing existed back when we were in high school, you know, so that we wouldn't have had to go through all the heartbreak and heartache and having people sort of point out your, your pimples and your acne spots to you. Um, it's just a way that you can... It, it also acts as a concealer. So when you have one of these spots on, you really can't see the angry red spot underneath. So a lot of people are right. using it instead of um, like concealer instead of makeup. So they're actually putting something on the skin that is treating it and covering it at the same time. So the okay. feedback has um, amazing along those lines. It does so many different things. Um, and it actually works. That's, that's the big thing. Like, if it didn't work, no one would be buying it. So I think, yeah, for me, right. just to share something that has made such a difference to my own skin, that's been the most rewarding thing, is being able to share that technology with other people. Absolutely. Nice. Tell us a little bit about, because I remember when I was researching, I was reading, you know, um, you talk about the, you know, Korean skincare technology blending or mixing with Australia's no-fuss minimalist approach to skincare. Can you talk a little bit about that, what the Australian no-fuss minimalist approach is all about? Sure. So I think Australia is quite famous worldwide for our natural beauty, our natural resources, um, very sort of thrifty yeah. earth. And that follows through into, I guess, our approach to the outdoors. Australians love being outdoors. We're very relaxed as a people. And I think that follows through into our approach to things like skincare as well. Like a lot of Aussies are very no fuss. They just want something that's going to work. Like they're not about, you know, 15 steps of skincare or 50 million different things. They just want to be outside enjoying life and the good, the good weather. So 
For us, I think that approach came through. We wanted something that was going to be cruelty free because that's really important to a lot of Aussies. So our, our brand is cruelty free. Our perfect meal patch is also vegan and it's about using the minimal ingredients possible. We don't want to do anything harmful to hurt the skin. It's just something that actually works. So the using mm -hmm. of technology is obviously, you know, Korean skincare being so advanced simple patch technology is something that hasn't really existed in Australia. But then also using it, just the Aussie outlook, which is no fuss, maybe something that works. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to take a quick break, but before we do that, um, I just want to just say when we come back from break, I would really love to talk a little bit just about business and growing a, growing a brand, a beauty brand. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back right after right after break. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skincare, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 691 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. We are back. And I just want to, you know, because we have a lot, like my sister and I are both makeup artists, and um, we know a lot of makeup artists quite naturally. And most of us, you know, have our own brands or want our own brands, um, or, or you also, you know, you see a lot of beauty enthusiasts uh, or um, uh, influencers who want their own brands. Can you talk a little bit about what it takes? Because, you know, it's a very competitive world, you know, with makeup, skincare, everybody um, claims to be the best or, you know, at whatever it is that they do. Can you just um, talk a little bit about what it was like getting started and how, how do you grow a successful brand? Sure. So that's been a, um, a thing that I guess I've learned um, while trying to build the brand because I was not originally in the beauty industry. I was a lawyer. So my training was um, to, you know, <laughs> to be um, a legal advocate, which does not really prepare you for a life in the beauty industry, um, as surprising as that may sound. <laughs> so I get a lot of trial and error. So having built two brands now, the Style Story brand, firstly in Australia, and then obviously Subi Beauty. Um, one thing I can say is that Subi would not have been possible if I hadn't already built Style Story. And the reason is that, building a brand and obviously style story was um, a curated offering is a curated offering where we curate 
products from a lot of different brands. That's what really gave me the industry insight and the knowledge and experience that I then needed to go out and create my own brand. We are not just blindly coming up with products. We have used all the data and the, um, the analytics that we've picked up from um, distributing products in Australia to actually learn about our target market, to learn about what our customers want. And then we go away and create products based exactly on that. So we're not just creating products in a vacuum. We're not just taking a stab in the dark and, you know, like oh, we've seen, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe a mask trending on Instagram. So let's do our own version of that. That is not what we're about. Um, and I think that that has also contributed to the success of the brand as well. It's, a, it's very, very targeted based on knowledge, data and analytics and not just a trend based sort of thing. So we can actually come up with products that we know people are going to love uh, based on the, the, the results that we've seen and what our community is actually responding to. So I would say that is really, really important if you're going to start anything is that you really need to have a very deep understanding of your target market. And there are lots of different ways that you can go out there and get that kind of knowledge so that you're not just taking a stab in the dark. But, you know, I think it's very tempting to just follow a trend and see a trend and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to recreate that. But I don't know that that is a recipe for lasting brand success. Copying other people is not what it's about. Hmm. That's important because you get so much of that. Yeah, and I just think, you know, maybe that, that might give you success for a couple of years, but I don't know that that is the way to build a, like a long-term brand and have a long-term connection with your audience. And I think there's a danger also in being very trend-based um, and, and mm -hmm. just picking up on you know, the hot thing, like, I, I mean, even if I think back over to the things that I've seen trending on Instagram, you know, like there, there was a charcoal mask phase at one stage and everyone was doing black charcoal, you know, teeth probs and face masks. We don't see that anymore. And I think that's because of the trend, you know, it's just a fad or a phase, right. but not necessarily something that builds a long-term brand. So I think you probably need to be questioning why you're going into business. Is it just because, you know, you want to come up with the next big thing or is there a deeper connection that you have to people and a need that you're actually solving? Um, that's the right. most important thing. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, I guess what would you say, I know you. I know one of the important things that you just mentioned was knowing your target market. But what would you what would you say probably like maybe three most important things that um, people um, or what's well, maybe three things that helps to make a successful business besides um, knowing your target market. So I think obviously the team that you have around you is very, very important. Um, you need the right support people. You need the right people working with you. I don't think that can be ignored. Um, I think having the right business um, processes and things like that in place is really important. And then, of course, marketing the business, that is another really, really crucial part. If you don't know how to market um, what you've got, then you are going to really struggle to, to sell your products. 
to get new customers, to attract people long-term. And, you know, obviously it's important to have a good product, but it's also important to know how to market that product. So marketing is a really, really crucial thing that you need to be on top of and you need to have some strategies around if you're going to successfully sell into any market, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how... How easy or how hard is it introducing your product into different markets? Is it is it something that you know, like once you introduce it to one market, is it just is it as simple as introducing it? Um, for instance, you go into a new market, is it the same as introducing it to the first market that you entered into, or or do you find it challenging in certain markets? So I think a great example of this um, is how challenging it really is, is that, you know, distribution platforms like Style Story would not exist if it was that easy mm-hmm. to introduce into a different market. A lot of the Korean beauty labels that we work with as a distributor into Australia, they have a successful brand maybe in Korea in China, in um, Southeast Asia, but they can't penetrate and crack some of these other foreign markets like Australia, like the US. And that's because they don't understand the local market. The most important thing about any kind of um, strategy to enter into a new market is understanding that market, understanding what prompts to buy, what makes people tick, you know, what need are you filling for people in that market? And that will be different for every market. For example, um, a classic, I guess, K-beauty phrase in a lot of products that you'll see is this term whitening. And you'll see products that are called a whitening cream or a whitening essence. And of course, that's horrifying for a lot of people when we see that. We're like, what do you mean, whitening? Like, we, we don't want to change the color of our skin. That is not what we want to do. Um, so, you know, but what those products actually are about is brightening the skin. Like, in English, we call it brightening. So if you have any dullness, if you have, you know, unevenness in your complexion, it's basically just to even it out so that you have one tone, whatever that tone may be, whatever color you are. It's not about lightening the shade of your skin or changing the color of your skin at all. But Koreans, when they see those products, that's what they think of. They're like, okay, that whitening product will make my skin brighter and more glowing. So there's language differentiations that are so important, you know, if you're talking about taking a product from market A to market B, because that is a huge turn-off to call a product a whitening product in any market outside maybe some Asian markets, you know, because Mm -hmm. we have a whole diverse different people from all different races and we're we're not about changing people's skin color that's not what we want to do so i think being able being able to translate that into a way that people in australia people in america new zealand canada wherever will understand oh that's what that product is trying to do that's why i guess just blindly go from market to market you need to tailor it you need to understand what drives people in that market you need to understand you know what they're going to think when they see a product like that on their shelf and is that what you Mm -hmm. want them to be thinking about your product or is it completely different you know so that's a really classic example of trying to translate hey beauty in particular from one market to another um there's an education piece that goes around that as well Mm mm-hmm 
Um, and you mentioned one of your other answers a few seconds ago about having a um, a great team around you or support around you. Uh, what does it take to grow a great team? So I think obviously a great team needs a great leader. You need to have a vision for what you're doing and where you're going and where the brand is going. And I think uh, having a really strong leader with a strong vision can make or break a team because people mm-hmm. uh, obviously rely on you to know, you know, the future of the brand and where it's going, but also to keep it all cohesive. So when you have a group of people working together in any situation, you know, people are coming at it with different perspectives, with different um, interests. And to try and align everyone towards a common goal is a lot harder than, I guess, maybe you might think. Um, So Mm -hmm. trying to make sure everyone is actually working towards the same goal, that people have the same interests, um, or that, you know, if they do have diverging interests, how to bring that together to get the best out of everyone on the team um, and not have people left behind. I think that's really, really important. So it's about, about finding people that share the same goal as you, particularly in a startup. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. don't really have the um, money or the time um, to bring on people that aren't going to, you know, work together and work really hard as well because startups, you usually don't have a huge pile of cash there. It's every single person's contribution is really, really important. So I think picking the right people that choose this, that have the same vision as you and working together, that's the crux of it. But obviously it's, it's a lot harder in reality to sort of get everyone on the same page. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a constant challenge, but a really important one to get right. 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 When you're working with suppliers around, you know, around the world, how how easy is it to um, find ingredients? Are, are all of your ingredients coming from Seoul, or are you getting ingredients from around, you know, around the world for your products? How easy is that? So for Subi, because our um, brand philosophy is about fusing K-Beauty technology together with Australian ingredients and the Australian skincare philosophy, we're using a combination of um, Australian ingredients, so native ingredients, bush ingredients and things like that, as well as Korean mm-hmm. ingredients are using products from uh, ingredients from Australia. That is uh, a lot more difficult than it sounds, obviously, because people here that are creating cosmetics here in Korea are using the ingredients that are trending in K-beauty and they're not really interested in what's popular in Australia or Australian ingredients. So that has been a challenge for us to try and find the right suppliers to work with who understand our brand concept and understand why it's important for us to use the ingredients that we are familiar with from our childhood and that are, you know, brilliant ingredients, great ingredients, um, for the skin and trying to use them with this Korean technology that has been um, a challenge that we continue to try and overcome. And of course, the other big problem that we have is working with suppliers who have a very different cultural mindset to do business in a very, very different way from the way that business is done in the West. Um, that's mm-hmm. been a really roadblock and challenge. Um, a lot of um, manufacturers and companies here are not used to dealing with um, a woman who's running a company. So, you know, I've come up against um, a lot of maybe prejudices that wouldn't necessarily 
basically we're trying to do the same thing in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. so, compared to here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, and how, how has social media helped your brand? So I think the thing about social media is it is a great way to connect with your target market, your target audience, and build a relationship with them. I don't see social media as a sales platform. I see it as a place to have conversations and get conversations started. So a big thing is, you know, to ask people questions. uh, What are you confused about with your skincare? What's difficult? What's hard? What do you want to know about, you know, a particular skincare topic? And then feed them contents and information that answers um, the questions that they have. That is really how I use social media and that's how I've found success using it rather than just, you know, trying to push our product, buy this, buy this, buy this, this is the best product ever. You know, people don't really respond to that. Uh, and there's obviously so much noise on social media these days. There's so many people trying to sell you something. So I think it's far more valuable to just be a useful resource where people can come and find information and ask questions and interact with you rather than just a sales page. Um, that no. you, There's a place, a time and a place for a sales page, but social media is not it. <laughs> nice. So I want to ask you um, a little bit about, well, first, before I, before I get into that, um, so you are a host of a podcast yourself, correct? That's right, yes. The Korean Beauty Show so podcast. The, yes. So when did you start that? Uh, actually, last month. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, yeah, it, it, it's very new. Um, and the reason for starting, I guess, my own podcast was because the lockdowns, thanks to COVID-19, I'm not able to actually mm-hmm. get back to Australia at the moment. Um, and normally throughout the year in Australia, we host a whole lot of K-beauty meetups where uh-huh. hundreds of people yeah. together and talk all things K-beauty and we look at the new ingredients and the products and try different things together. So we, we were trying to find a way that we could host a K-beauty meetup without actually meeting up. Um, and the podcast is the solution that we came up with. Um, so it's kind of virtual, uh, find out about what's trending, what's going on in K-Beauty. Um, that was the, the, the reason for starting it. That's great. So, like, normally, like, years ago when you first heard K-Beauty, and even now some people think, oh, gosh, K-Beauty, I can't really get with that because it's all of these steps. Because, you know, as most people, they don't want to take that much time with their skin. You know, they just want to come in, wash the makeup off, and that's that. And so when they think of K-Beauty, they think, oh, 10, 10 steps, you know, the whole, you know, 10-step process. Is K-Beauty truly that, you know, 10-step process? And I guess I'm probably answering my own question because I know it really just depends on your skin, first of all, and it depends on what you have going on. But let's just say, let's just take you for example. What is what is your routine like? How many products are you actually using? Let's just say at night. Sure. So this is what the first episode on the podcast was actually titled "Why the Ten Step Routine Is a Lie." <laughs> um, so that should give you a little insight. 
my thoughts on the matter. I think the 10-step routine was a great marketing tactic by whoever invented it, but I don't think it gets mm-hmm. to the essence of what hair beauty really is at all. And you did answer your own question. It really depends on your skin. It depends on the issues that you're facing. So for me personally, we're going into summer now in Korea, so it's getting hotter. I don't need to lay a 10 product onto my skin um, at the moment because I would probably just set it all off. <laughs> so, for example, at <laughs> night, I would do at the moment a two-step cleanse, the first being an oil cleanse to help remove my makeup and sunscreen, followed up by a foam cleanser, which then gets rid of any other debris left over. I always tone, I always use a toner, and then I will use what is called an essence, which is a Korean product yeah. that's designed to treat the skin on a cellular level and promote cell turnover. So they are steps that you'll always see in my routine. The steps in the middle between that and the moisturizer will vary depending on any skin issues that I'm having. So if I'm having a breakout, if my skin's looking dull, I might add in a serum or two to help treat those specific issues. And then I would finish off with moisturizer. Um, And if my skin is particularly dry, then maybe a mask which is just an occlusive barrier to help seal in all the ingredients so that's nowhere near 10 steps uh, and that would be my typical skin routine at night and then in the morning because I have dry skin I actually don't cleanse my skin I just go in on top of my treatment layers so that I keep the oil the little oil that I do have in my skin there in the morning I don't need to wash any of that away the next day um, so yeah, I definitely do not have a 10 step skincare routine. And if you ask most Korean people on the street about this 10 step idea, they would look at you like you had two heads because they do not run home and get out 10 steps for their skincare at night. It's, it's really about responding to your skin and any issues that you're facing. It's, that's what it's about. It's not about counting out 10 steps. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, it's it's funny because being that I'm a, a licensed esthetician, when I when I first kind of discovered K Beauty some years ago, and this whole ten step routine, like for me, I I didn't really care if it was ten steps or not. I I love skincare, and I, so just you know, just to to feel like and to know that I'm really taking care of my skin and putting the time into it, it felt good to me to use more than like two or three products. You, at, you know, at any particular time that I'm, I'm cleansing my face. It felt good to use an oil cleanser. So I, I've continued that, you know, in toners. And I love an essence. And I'm just, you know, such a a serum person. And, you know, cause I, I got to have my serums and I got to have really good moisturizers. I have, you know, if, it's, if that's 12 steps, I, would, I could care less. I love it. I feel like I'm really doing something, you know, when I have more than three products. And I think that's probably more what it's got to do with. It's about exactly that, making your skin feel good. What feels good for your skin? Maybe that is 10 steps. Maybe it's not, and that's fine. But I think getting hooked up on, like, the number and how many steps are involved is sort of not the point, but I can understand how it makes catchy marketing. So I think if anyone has been put off exploring K-Beauty because they think who has time for that, that's not really what it's all about, um, and it is no. very intuitive. It's much more about um, responding to your skin and its needs at a particular point in time, maybe a particular point in the year, in a particular season, rather than slavishly just throwing one step after another onto your face. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just it's just all about what I have going on, you know, with my skin at any particular time. That depends on, you know, what I'm using and how much of it I'm using, you know. Oh, but, okay. yeah, if you, if you, you know, when if you're telling people 10 steps, that's going to make them run even faster from skin care, you know, because some people, again, like I said, they just want to come in, they just want to cleanse and maybe do a moisturizer and that's it. But when you're trying to throw 10 steps at them, that, that's not going to happen for some people. So I just believe in giving people and suggesting the right products for, you know, whatever they may have going on. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's that. what I wanna... I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's what the focus should be, but I think it does get lost in translation. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. I think that's why people are just, they're so afraid of K-beauty, but I'm like, give me more, give me more, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I've just found, like, just, just by just you know looking at different K Beauty sites and looking at different products, I find some of the best moisturizers, some of the best serums. I mean, the best in my head, you know, moisturizers and serums. And I feel like my skin is at its best when I'm you know when I'm doing more than just cleansing and just toning and just you know exfoliating here and there. You know, when I'm really treating it. Um, with, you know, the proper serums and the, and the mask and, and, and really good moisturizer, that's when my skin is at its best, when I'm not lazy about it. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, so for instance, if there's somebody who, okay, because I'm looking at your your um, your um, <clears throat> your website, and for me, I can get caught up in a lot of this. Like some of the brands I recognize, and some of them I don't. So if there's someone who, let's just say, let's take me for instance, I'm, you know, pretty normal to dry, mostly dry. Um, every once in a blue moon now, I, I kind of experience um, um, like this hormonal breakout. And so what products or what would you suggest for me? So I think the most important thing would be to have a daily skincare routine that does treat the dryness. But then with some treatment Mm -hmm. steps mixed in for any hormonal breakouts. So breakouts, um, for example, obviously a great product to use would be our Suzy Perfect Pimple Patch on the spot itself to help reduce inflammation, the urge to pick and all of that sort of thing. And then afterwards, you might want to add in like a red spot reduction cream, something like that to just really take the sting out of it straight away. But then the rest of your Mm -hmm. skincare would be aiming to correct any issues around dryness. So right. treat the breakouts when they when they pop up, but then the main focus of the routine on a daily basis is to keep you beautifully hydrated. Hydrated skin, of course, has an impact on wrinkles and fine lines and things like that, which as we age become more pronounced. So the more hydrated mm-hmm. the skin is, less you're going to notice those kind of issues um so that would be my advice in a nutshell and then any steps that you would use in your routine would just be around treating those specific issues and then obviously right. a couple of products thrown in when you do get those hormonal breakouts gotcha now are there any particular brands or any particular product um itself that you would suggest for like um um let's see like what like which essences do you really like and what moisturizer? 
as you can tell, I'm like ready to purchase. That's why I'm asking these questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my favorite brand at the moment that treats pretty much any skin type is a brand called APLB, um, which in Korean, mm-hmm. for some reason, they're, they're choosing to pronounce that April B. But they just have the most beautiful collection of products with lots of great ingredients. Vitamin C, they've got collagen, peptides, centella asiatica, lots of different things. So you could pretty much make an entire routine just from their product. Just from um, them, okay. Very low irritant, um, just aiming to get that skin really bright, glowing, hydrated, and comfortable. So that's a brand that I absolutely adore. Um, and then obviously our own Subi products would be great for breakouts as well. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think the, the brands that we create on our site, because I have um, an acne prone skin background and a very, very sensitive skin, I love to mm-hmm. test products. And so I prefer to pick products that are gentler on the skin. I don't really subscribe to the harsher is better approach. I think treating issues day by day with gentle products with more of a natural focus, that's my own personal preference. So most of the brands that you'll see on our site uh, fall into that kind of category. There's not going to be harsh Mm -hmm. in them. Um, they're, They're all very gentle. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, I'll sit here all night looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> For your skin, after an essence, Conleaf has a Vital Rice Essence Water, um, and that's a beautiful product for um, dehydrated and dry skin and also for brightening. So that might be one you, you might want to check out. And they have the most beautiful glass bottles that they actually had. The brand is what called the brand again? Comleaf, C-O-M-M-L-E-A-S. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. They use only EWG green grade ingredients, so they're cruelty-free, um, and the bottles are like pieces of art. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, the director of the brand was telling me that they had the, the molds especially made just for their um, their product containers, so they're very proud of them, and they should be because they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> mm. What about the uh, comb leaf? Um, is it the Vitalis Glow Serum? Yes, that's another very popular Vitarice. product. Vitalis, yeah. yes. It's made on a base of rice. So, yeah, the Glow Serum is very, very popular as well. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Now, what about, um, like, I'm looking for something to exfoliate with. Sure. So I think think there's two main types of exfoliators, as you would know. So there's like the manual ones, which is something like a scrub um, or maybe a Mm -hmm. peeling. And then there's the chemical exfoliants that use ingredients like AHAs, BHAs and PHAs. So depending Mm -hmm. on what you prefer to use on your skin and then also the strength, I think AHAs tend to be the strongest, BHAs slightly less strong, and then PHAs are great for sensitive skin. Um, so we have a range of different products, and including some scrubs, 
Um, things like clay masks, which are also really great for exfoliating, get ready, getting rid of congestion in the pores. So it's just about finding the right product um, for your skin type that also matches with the kind of texture that you like to use as well. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. All right. And so we can and we can hear your podcast um, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Correct. Yes, that's right. It basically, if you just search for the Korean Beauty Show podcast in Google, it will come up and you can listen to it in any of those. Or, yes, um, if you have an iPhone, obviously on Apple, um, Android, um, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I will find it. <laughs> yes, <And> please. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listening audience about your uh, about um, your brand? Um, sure. Well, we would love for you to come and join us. We are at Subi Beauty on Instagram, and um, yeah, you will find me also hanging out on Instagram. I am Lauren Beauty. So I spend a lot of time there, just talking through new discoveries, skincare. Um, beauty, life and career, all those kind of things. So please come and join us, and we would love to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I think I've already followed you on Subi Beauty, so I'll just follow you on your on your other page. That's just my page. Okay. And um, our last question for today, um, what is beauty to you? So for me, beauty is when you feel comfortable in your own skin. I think... Um, having a good skincare routine is something that can set you up because it just makes you feel comfortable, like you are taking care of your skin and you don't need to be anyone that you're not. That's not what beauty is about to me. It's not about fitting in with, you know, a particular um, trend or what a celebrity or an Instagram influencer is doing. It's just when you wake up in the morning, you feel like yourself, you know, um, you don't have things to worry about that are skin related. I think that to me is when I feel the most um the, the most beautiful and that's what beauty and skincare is all about to me. It's just feeling the best version of me. Nice. Very nice. Well Laura, we thank you so very much for joining us. I'm so happy that you were able to um get on the line with us today. Um we yes. thank you guys for all the information that you shared. I'm like just like my sister, ready to buy products now. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Let me, let me, just, let me ask this one quick question because um, um, because your your products will be delivered from Korea, correct? So for our Subi products, we deliver um, domestically within Australia from Australia, and then all of our international orders are shipping out of Korea. Yes. Okay. Okay. So so the turnaround time for deliveries is that like at least, I mean, I know due to COVID, everything is kind of slow here lately. But on a normal basis, is that about a week or so? Yeah. On a normal basis, oh. about a week. So with COVID, um, much, much longer, unfortunately, just because um, right. there are no, yeah, so, but normally, yes, within about a week, we can get products from Korea to the States. Yeah. Okay. 
That sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Again, thank you so very much. We were glad to have you on tonight. Thank you very much for having me. This has been lots of fun. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll we'll see you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. See you back. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Okay. Bye. You know, good night to us, but enjoy your day. Absolutely. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight or today, wherever you are in the world. We greatly appreciate it. Um, We appreciate our listeners all over. So thank you so very much. Thanks again to Lauren Lee uh, for joining us. She's Lauren Lee, uh, founder of Subi Beauty. Um, Go check out her. She shares some really great uh, business um, tips. You know, she's an attorney turned beauty entrepreneur, Um, And she shared a lot of great business information with us today as well. So, again, Lauren Lee, she's the founder of Subi Beauty. Um, uh, So we definitely want to check out some of her products and um, continue to follow her brand. Um, And, again, we would like you to continue to follow us on social media as well. We are beauty underscore talk underscore media on Instagram. We are beauty underscore talk on Twitter. And we are Beauty Talk Online on Facebook. You can find my sister and I both just by our names on all social media platforms. I am at Janice Tunnell. That's J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And my sister is at Denise Tunnell. That's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. Again, we thank you guys for your continued support. We will uh, chat with you guys again here on Beauty Talk next Sunday night, but you can check us out on social media all throughout the week. Have a wonderful evening or day, everyone, and have a um, beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.